Boss! 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 Welcome back to a action packed and jam packed edition of At the Buzzer, which is your, of course, your favorite Colorado Buffaloes podcast from your friends at the Ralphie Report. Um, I am Jack, one of those friends. And over there, uh, across the pond, getting as far away from disappointment as possible, is Sam. Sam, How's it going? It's been a minute. Well, things happen in life. It's the offseason. We gave people a little bit of a break, but we have started to ramp up in a big way um, following the start of fall camp. Previews are going out. Uh, myself, Jack, and the other Jack, Jack Carlo, now at Ralph Report, are going to start putting together a lot of those this week. Cornerback was the first one out. Um, this is a new and approved version because unlike me, um, Carlo actually goes to, I think every practice and asks questions and has insights. It's very fun rather than thinking about stuff. It's really nice to have him on the staff right now because like, I don't know if like, it's been like six years where I feel like I've been writing multiple articles every week. And this is the first time I've ever not done that. And I won't be doing it because I'm just purely doing podcasts now so i'm like just really happy that you guys are in good hands with him because he's like he's a he's a good kid and he 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 like works really hard at it and it's really nice to see that because we've been kind of lazy with our journalism the past (laughs) few years so it's nice that he's like actually going in like going to practices and doing press conferences I, I cannot believe it. Ralphie reports becoming legitimate because of him. <laughs> or re-becoming legitimate. Um, Was yeah, it I, ever? I don't know. There's a good stretch there. <laughs> I mean, we do our best to drag down the brand, but it keeps going. So please, if you're dark... listening, uh, check out those previews. Those are always my most fun things to write. I love thinking about the season before CU has any losses. Um, so that's what I like to do. Please read those. Cornerbacks first. Safety's going to be coming up. Um, I think when this goes out, so we're going to start with the defensive backfield and work our way to the quarterback position, which thankfully has been rock solid, right? Super stable over there <laughs> at Colorado. Yeah, I uh, am not following very much news, but I do know that JT Shrout destroyed his knee, and that sucks ass. <sighs> yeah, as, as someone else who has, has suffered a non-contact ACL injury, um, his sounded hard. Is it an ACL? Well, they say significant knee damage, and it was a non-contact. I don't know what else that would be. You know. Yeah. Well, it could be. Andre Robertson tore his patellar tendon non-contact, which is insanely hard to do. Yes. Uh, is that for jumping though? Anyways, who cares? Um, yes. Yes. Regardless, regardless. a significant knee injury. Um, before we get into the actually interesting stuff, let's do our boring stuff that's interesting to us. Uh, where are you right now? Oh, uh, well, I'm in Alberg, Denmark, which is about a five-hour drive from Copenhagen, which is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but housing is really hard to find in Copenhagen, and I've been working on it for six months now. And I thought I had a two-room apartment with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. but they didn't let us in because she has a service dog. And even though, like, everything, whatever, I don't know, they denied us. And then she found, like, a desperate one-room one apartment there, um, like, that day and moved in. But then I am now at my friend's house 
in Alberg waiting for a better apartment to surface because I don't want to be paying like $1,100 equivalent for like a, like a one room private in someone else's apartment. <clears throat> so <laughs> yeah, so I'm uh, just posted up waiting for opportunities because I have like about two weeks before I have to be, before I, I'm actually in school. Um, and so, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit good time, but I, I was in Latvia previously and I, I thought that Lat- Riga, Latvia is a really nice city if you ever go. Maybe, well, I've never heard of it until exactly right now. So Really? That's where the, the FIBA under-19 World Cup was this past year. Oh, but you would have God. known that if you're a good journalist. Because Jabari Walker would have gone. And he would have seen all of the beautiful parks that they have throughout the city. And they have so many cafes just in the parks. Like, you can just drink coffee. Like, like at a little cafe just for, like, three euros in the park. Yeah, I don't want to ruin your picturesque view of Europe, but I believe you can drink coffee in a park in America as well. I think that's also something. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, like, like just actually at like a like they just have like cute little cafes everywhere, like because mm. like we don't really have that very much in the U.S. Gotcha. Well, yeah. uh, and I say that as a barista who worked at Spruce Confections, which has the oh, not to out where I worked, but uh, they have like the big patio with like the greenery everywhere oh i know about yeah i know about spruce confections well i don't know um, if the listeners who i've been recognized in boulder by my last name and it freaks me out that people know that who true? i am from ralphie report yeah wow true don't like it that is i <laughs> am shocked um I, I appreciate that one person thank you and there's another person who yelled yeah. at us for saying that i saw a grizzly bear in colorado so thank you to that listener um well, you, yes, I said that it wasn't a grizzly bear, so I'm vindicated. Okay, whatever. I, I will <laughs> say it's a grizzly bear to the end of my life because it's more fun that way. Um, okay. Let's, yeah, and well, yeah, I guess before we go straight into the football situation, we can. Um, you know what? Never mind. But yeah, let's dive right in. <laughs> no, you had no other questions about how expensive lattes are in Denmark? That's like $8. Well, what I was going to say is what you should be doing is posting up as a doorman at, at the, the place you want to work and just yell boo at everyone leaving. And hopefully you get a nice, uh, you get someone caught unawares and they unfortunately leave their apartment because they're so scared. Oh, yeah. Haunted. Everything's haunted, though, here by old Viking ghosts. <laughs> yeah, There's a Viking graveyard. Out. There's a Viking graveyard of like 100 meters from where I live right now that's pretty cool okay you've already switched to meters you're yeah yeah thank you thanks for catching on to the subtleties (sighs) viking graveyards Uh, so team lewis is ending up brendan lewis we we won well not the the way you want to win but we uh, won the battle but not the war there you go that's the way to put it um Yes, in terms of CU's quarterback competition, there was a scrimmage last week on the weekend, uh, and Brendan was playing great, and JT Shroud also had a few snaps. It turns out, we found out afterwards, that one of those snaps ended terribly, uh, non-contact, was trying to juke, and he just, I guess, exploded his knee, started, started screaming on the field. Never a good sign to hear that. And uh, the, the other, uh, this quarterback, JT Shroud, 
was carted off and was just confirmed as having a significant knee injury by Carl Durrell, meaning that Brendan Lewis is now the de facto starter, period. Um, the quarterback depth chart is fun. You have redshirt freshman Brendan Lewis. Then you have true freshman Drew Carter, followed by true freshman walk-on Jordan Wolverton. Um, that is the end of the depth chart. Mm. That is the whole room. And the only other quarterback who's thrown a collegiate pass is backup tight end Matt Lynch. That's right. Who transferred from UCLA. And who was also hurt last week. Um, not Oh, he, nice. He was currently injured. He's not like, it's not like a long-term injury, I don't think. But anyway. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, it's it's scary. Um, what needs to happen is, is Brendan Lewis needs to not miss a snap is basically what how the season needs to go. But for those who like Brendan Lewis – it's now a guarantee we get to see what he looks like under a, a full season. Yeah. Uh, how has he looked? Any news on camp? Um, you know, before the terrible injury, the, the scrimmage uh, play-by-play was like my my wet dream, Sam. So, Lewis, uh, well, let's go through the whole thing. So, Jarek Broussard had two carries. Those two carries went for over 100 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> um, so... That's going pretty well. Mm. He is the, still the same man. Uh, Jack Barr's favorite, Deion Smith, got on the field and burst a few runs to the outside. I want to see him a little bit on some of those end arounds and kickoff returning for sure. Um, Alex Fontenot is in there. Jay Lee Stacks got a few uh, plays, but most importantly, why I was so excited, Brendan Lewis, I believe, threw four touchdowns. Three of those touchdowns were to tight ends. And Oh, no. A dream. Alec Pell caught a touchdown. Jared Poplowski, which I who I did not know was still on the team, unfortunately, caught wow. a touchdown. Um, and I'm missing the last one. But regardless, and those are all like in the back of the red zone, like 10 to 15 yard touchdown strikes. Perfect time to throw out the tight end plays. Uh I'm just really excited about using the tight end that much. And, and all reports are Christian Fourier, or not Christian Fourier, Caleb Fourier, excuse me, uh, is is taking over that second spot. Which is oh, is he? Here. Well, that's with, good. With Matt yeah, he has... injury. Um, yeah, he's he's taking those snaps. Well, Fourier just has so much upside. It seems he's definitely the best receiver on the team. Um, I guess we don't know what Popolowski looks like. He was supposed to be that guy, but he's definitely the best. Yeah, three years ago. Exactly. I think he's going on his like seventh or eighth. He's going to have a uh, medical. Well, yeah, yeah. He's just been injured every single year. It's tough. Um, Yeah. So, and this is, I should say, this is all good offensive news. And you're thinking, well, see, he was just playing the CU defense. So, isn't that shitty news for the defensive side? (laughs) Um, It kind of is. CU's defense held out six starters, including Landman, including Christian Gonzalez, including Robert Barnes. Um, So, it's not you're not playing the, the stars of that team. I would hope that the offense takes control against that group, um, which also goes to show you, please don't get hurt on defense either. Um, it, I like the linebacker depth though. Yeah. Jack Lamb's coming on pretty strong from Notre Dame. Something I was not expecting. I thought he'd be a special teams guy and like some rotation guys his first year here, but apparently he's played ridiculous plays every week in practice Had an interception last, last week. Um, so him, Barnes, and Landman is really, really good. And then you add in – And Carson and, Wells. Yes, right. You add in Carson Wells. Guy Thomas has been flashing some. Joshka Gustav. Oh, nice. Nowhere. Um, Who? 
Joshka Gustav, the German guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I I missed. Is it Yoshka? you didn't pronounce it as Joshka Gustav? Yeah. <laughs> Joshka Gustav. Um, I don't know. It's it, it, besides the massive, terrible injury to the weakest position on CU's roster. It was a pretty good scrimmage. So um, I don't know. It, it it's getting close. We have two weeks, I believe, left before that Friday opener at Northern Colorado. Um, and now we know who's taking all of the, the first team snaps at quarterback. Um, how's, how's, how's the offensive line, defensive line looking? Injured, so, healthy, bad? Offensive line is way healthier than they were last year. Um, and they have way more bodies, at least right now. So, um, in fact, Chance Lytle's back on the field too. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I don't know if you saw, but at, at media availability yesterday, the offensive line coaches interviewed Mitch Rodriguez. Um, and he had a line of uh, talking about Kari Kutch, who's starting at guard, I believe. And and Brian Howell asked him, is he willing to step in at center if needed, like he did last year? Is that something you're looking at? And Mitch Rodriguez says, yeah, he can play everywhere. But if, if Kari's playing center, I'm, I'm going to kill myself this year. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay, I guess that's a good sign for your depth. If you're like, if everyone got that injured, then we're screwed. <laughs> um. I don't know. It's they're all huge. The but the smallest guy, Sam, in the two deep is two hundred ninety five pounds and six foot four. So definitely a shift from the mic. Is that your mom? Do you say was that my mom? Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, she's a lovely lady who cannot play football. Um, um, how are the are the transfers playing at all? Like, what's the outlook looking like? Like Max Ray, for right. example. He's starting at left tackle. Noah Fenske. Oh, he is? Yes. That's cool. Did Frank Phillip get hurt, or am I making that yes. up? Yes. Frank Phillip tore his labrum in the spring. He's recovering Ooh, now. Shit. He would have stayed yeah. at right tackle regardless. So mm-hmm. what we're hearing is Jake Wiley has stepped in. I am not so sure about Jake Wiley. We don't know much about him, but um, I'd rather have Phillip. Mel Tucker recruit. Mel Tucker recruit, uh, in-state recruit. And, and Philip was coming in really strong last year. He will be back this year, but um, not right away. And Fenske's in the second team everywhere. He's one of those guys. He's 6'5", 300, so he can kind of play any way you need him to. I like I, – I kind of like how it's shaping up. I think, like, Will Sherman being gone is, like – obviously that's important, but well, if Max Ray is, like, ready – So, yeah, CU's depth. <laughs> Long is, pause. <laughs> I, well, I know. I, it was um, dealing with some Denmark connections here. Um, oh. But CU's background is, or back depth is way better than it was last year. So, yes, you lose your top line starter who was drafted, go Will Sherman. Um, but you bring in two transfers from Power Five schools and Fenske and Ray. Um, you bring a lot of people back who were hurt last year, like Casey Roddick is back fully, Chance Lytle's back, Kari Kutch is back, Colby Purcell is back. All those guys were hurt at some point last year. Um, and Phillip's coming back as well. All those guys are a year older. The, the worry is recruiting moving forward is not as exciting as those lines. On the defensive line, it's less rosy, but it's still a pretty good picture. You have um, Mustafa Johnson gone who's amazing, so that sucks. But Jalen Sammy's back. You're moving to a four-person front most of the time. So Chris Wilson's been kind of cagey about what it's going to look like, but we're seeing a lot more of 
either Carson Wells putting his hand in the dirt or they're bringing a fourth lineman on, um, which is going to make all those guys' jobs easier. Um, but it does mm-hmm. mean – And we'll see a lot of Naeem Robin. Right, who's a really – he's a really perfect guy who can be a, a 3-4 end or a 4-3 defensive tackle, like his perfect yeah. for that. Um, and Sammy's still playing a lot on the inside, even though he is a classic nose tackle. Um, and then Terrence Lang is like really good still, you know. So if your if your front ends up being Lang, uh, Sammy, Rodman, and Wells on on whatever downs, that's pretty good. You'll take that. Solid to me. Um, I would just be concerned about like losing a bit of pass rushing, but maybe Lang can turn into more of a dangerous pass rusher after. Once Johnson's gone. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, Lang led the team in sacks last year, so it's not like he's a slouch. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they bring pressure from. Cause they Is that even true? Outside linebackers. Fact check me. No, Wells <laughs> led the team in sacks last year. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to. Two years ago, the Terrence Lang led the team in sacks. I'll fact check that as well, but I trust you. Okay, you can, but I'll be right. Um, I don't know. It's we still don't know much because availability for for real people like us is limited, and also for journalists is limited in practice. So, you know, it's hard to know that much. But it's the defense, the the front line for both sides. I think is pretty exciting. There's there's definitely some top line talent here. And with the, the the need to protect Brendan Lewis, I hope to God we just run the ball 70% of the time. We have a huge offensive line, and we have Jarek Broussard and, like, eight other running backs. Just run the ball. Yeah. And to lean on your – Yeah, I think, I think we could lean on – the, the running game a bit more to, as you said, protect Lewis and the receiving core, it seems, isn't that experienced and they are developing like a lot of talent there, but it's probably best to do the run first offense at this point. As we've discussed many times. Yeah, we've but. said this a million times before. It's Darrell's preference anyways. Um, so I, I really hope they do that. And Jarek Roussard, it looks like an even better version without the knee braces. So I, he apparently is just exploding on during the scrimmage. Just like, oh my. I mean, yeah. It, if he can add that top line speed, I don't know where what stops him. Certainly not Pac-12 defenses. <laughs> Certainly not last year. Um, last note on that, I, we are, I'm finishing up the offensive previews right now, writing them. Um, do you want to guess if, if Jarek Broussard's productivity last year was ex- extrapolated to a 12 game season, which isn't really realistic, but just presume, do you want to guess how many carries he would have in his, his total yardage? 310 carries for 1600 yards. Uh, you know, you're not that far off. Um, so, <laughs> just so everyone gets excited for next year. Um, in in six regular season games, Jarek Broussard had 156 carries for 895 yards and five touchdowns. So oh, so I'm like actually really close. Yeah. So what that means uh, over a 12 game season is that's a 5.7 yards per carry average at 26 carries a game, which means you're running for 1770 yards. 
which would be one of the best seasons ever by running back. Ooh, Colorado, that's nice. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, so um, he's, but he's not going to run as much, partly because they wouldn't do that to him because they're not trying to run him into the ground. Yeah. But now that he is healthier and the line is better and he'll be fresher, that yards per carry could increase quite a bit, which is yeah. crazy. So another little preview of my preview. Um, I think the last time the Seahawks had a backfield this deep was probably 2002, um, which had uh, freshman Brian Calhoun, Robbie Purify, and Chris Brown, who, who basically split the carries 70-30 or 70-20-10. Um, mm. in terms of percentages. And I feel like that's pretty accurate to what we're going to get this year. It might even be lower for Broussard. But Someone's going to yell at us for not mentioning Hugh Charles because everybody always does. Yeah, but he wasn't on that roster. <laughs> <laughs> I No, 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 I know. No, I'm saying for not mentioning one of the Hugh Charles years. Right, but in terms of in terms of guys who you're comfortable starting, I, I there are three yeah. people in this backfield that I would be comfortable as a full-time starter. And that's, I mean, props to Darian Hagan. Oh, what about this year? Ready? Yes. Rodney Stewart, okay. Daryl Scott. There it is. There it is. That's all you need. That's what it. about hey? What about 2014? <laughs> Christian Powell, Tony Jones, uh, <laughs> someone else, <laughs> Donovan Lee, I believe. Um, mm, where is Patrick Carr? That was 2015. Was his freshman year? Oh, I remember because he played really well against UCLA on the on the game where C- UCLA had more points when CU was in the red zone than CU did. Do you remember that? Oh, because I don't remember Zippo that. had two TD <laughs> interceptions, I believe, or one. Uh, yeah, so CU went in the red zone like four Ooh, nice. staff, and UCLA got 14 points out of it. But I digress. In 2012, Jordan Webb ran for negative 135 yards, <laughs> which I didn't realize was possible. <laughs> Yeah, well, and two count, touchdowns. They count that as sacks in in college. I know, I know, but that's a lot of sacks. I know. Hey, the, we sucked. I don't know to tell you, John Every was not good. <laughs> um, so speaking of coaches, oh, Michael Atkins, Atkins was the other guy. Sorry, go I ahead. Love Michael Atkins. Speaking of coaches, yep, I want a Heisman with him. Speaking of coaches that were hired in 2010, let's uh, talk about the Costa Rica vacation that the Buffalo's men's basketball team took. Yeah, where they're beating teams by like 90 points and just having a great time. <laughs> I want to talk a lot about this. So I was one of the few people, I would assume few people, that bought the Flow Hoops to watch this. $30 for that month. Um, and I watched all four games. I hope other people did as well. If you did not, I'll tell you about them right now. Um, there was one Please. Point, I'm 90% sure there's one point where see you play a team called Colegio de Abogados. And have the same logo. I looked it up, and that's the Costa Rican Bar Association. Um, so I'm pretty sure they just played a law school in Costa Rica. I'm not positive. Um, but regardless, they beat them soundly. They beat almost every team soundly. The only team that was semi-close was the All-Stars, which is that third game. Um, and that game ended early, as you might have seen, by Jabari Walker having the lamest backboard-shattering dunk of all time. Well, yeah, what happened with that? Because that's all I heard was Jabari Walker broke a backboard. Yeah, so he, he was just going up. It was a nice – I mean, he's really good at doing this. He was good in real life too. He was, he was filling in the lane on a, like, secondary fast break, and they, they hit him as he's running in stride. He took about four steps, um, 
So bad move number one and missed the dunk. Um, but the, the glass shattered. The backboard shattered, I guess, because he hit it in a weird spot. Oh, damn. Um, so it just it ended. Uh, end of the game. <laughs> because they don't have a replacement backboard. Uh. But... Well, um, that was not the story. The others, let's talk overall about the basketball team. Joining them on this trip was supposed to be sixth year grad transfer Mason Faulkner, who Sam and I were both okay. very excited for. I have a hot take, okay? Give us your hot take. If you're going to leave a team right before they go on a free vacation to Costa Rica, mm-hmm. I would have left after the free vacation to Costa Rica. <laughs> Unfortunately, because he would have been enrolled by then, he couldn't do that. But you are thinking correctly. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Mason Faulkner. I, this is one of those things. It sucks for us, but I can't really blame him. He he is from Kentucky. Played in Kentucky his whole life. Um, transfers to Louisville at the last second um, after he had a daughter born over the summer. Um, one of those things where I'm like, yeah, go be with your daughter and go play for your hometown program. That's like. 100% what I would do, 100% what everyone would do. Um, mm-hmm. Poor Tad Boyle is now running with almost all freshmen, um, which significantly lowers the floor on this year's team. Um, I'm here to tell you, though, after watching some meaningless basketball, I'm now hyped to say the ceiling remains as high as it was. Yeah, I think the ceiling could have been that, like, Faulkner was pushed for, for a starting role. Because uh, I don't know which point guard stood out to you, but like Keyshawn Bartholomew has a lot of upside as a scorer. Mm-hmm. And KJ Simpson, as I love, just runs everything. He's great. Um, well, it's great you mentioned those two. Um, based off of everything we saw, that was the most basketball I've seen from this team. Carlo has also been, our other reporter has been at a few practices and he's been helping us get some inside intel. But as kind of expected, everyone has said since he walked on campus, KJ Simpson has been amazing for a freshman point guard um and and watching the costa rican exhibition where evan batty and eli parquet were rested for two whole games and jabari walker also didn't play that much um so it's really all freshmen watching kj simpson during that i feel confident saying sam he will be your favorite cu guard of the last few years for sure oh that's not true because i was worshiping Derek white um Wow. Also Derek White. But he is I, – I think he fits your style um, really well. He's always pushing the ball extremely fast on oh. offense. Um, he is – I mean, it was easy because you're playing Costa Rican semi-pros, but he was constantly going for steals. He's very aggressive on defense, gets in your face. Um, he has this, like, kind of floppy mop of hair that, that, like, goes behind him when he's sprinting that makes him look like a cartoon character. Um, like he's in Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. Compared to the rest of our guards, he looks really short, I think. He looks like 5'10", 5'11". Um, but yeah. yeah, that's fine, though. He's blocking but... everything. So on the break, oh, shit. other than McKinley, he's like really slamming these down. He's athletic. Uh, I, he's also talking shit and yelling the entire time he plays basketball. Yeah, he's, he's classic Southern California um, in that way. Anyway, <laughs> you know, it's I said this when he committed, and I'll say it again after watching him. He is the exact dude, because he was committed to Arizona before Sean Miller got fired, and then CU, through Tab Boyle's um, steady Eddie personality, was able to scoop him up. He's the exact dude that Arizona picks up that just terrorizes CU, right? He's the Nick Johnson type. He is the – I don't think Gabe York terrorized him, but 
he's that type of guard that's just like so competent at everything and really good at defense. Um, yeah. Two thoughts is one, I would have hated him if he had gone to Oregon or Arizona. 95%. 100%. Yeah. And two, Gabe York is soft. Gabe York is super soft. KJ Simpson, from what I can tell, is not soft. He finishes a lot. Um, they were all gambling on passes because they know these games don't mean anything. He gambled on a lot of passes, so that might be something to watch. Like, tried a lot of stuff that was never going to work. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that's the time when you do it. Um, and his shot's quick. I don't know if it's the best shot. Um, but he was the story for a lot of people. People are going to love KJ Simpson. He's going to take a lot of minutes this year. Um, it's going to be good. Um, Evan Batty. Go, oh, I was going to say Evan Batty, what he said. He's basically assistant coach Evan Batty slash starting power forward this season. Yes. Uh, he said, quote, unquote, I love how young this group is. Energy is contagious. Makes me feel four years younger. Special group for years to come, end quote. God, I love So him. good. He's just such so a, good. I will cry on his senior day. I will do it. Um, and he was, he looks built. Evan Batty looks even more built than last year. Like he slimmed down a little bit and his shoulders are wider somehow. Um, that dude's going to be throwing huge screens. Um, but that's really all I, I can take. You know, he and Parquet, like I said, set out two games. Parquet was, it was not fair to watch him on defense against his coach. It really wasn't. These guys were not prepared. Um, Parquet's so, going to win deep points this year. That's my bold prediction. Uh, well, hopefully he can put all of his, his time and energy into that side. Um, I'll, I'll go through some other thoughts. We are going to be a much worse shooting team this year, I think, pretty, pretty yeah. handily. Um, that's kind of balanced out by – I don't know how I want to say this. Quincy Allen also was not playing on this trip because of oh, a okay. minor hip injury who's going to be one of the better shooters. But um, it's an interesting lineup. I actually – Neat Clifford played a lot of the small forward minutes, um, and I really like the way he played them. I don't know if it's going to carry over, but instead of last year when he was on garbage time, he was kind of spotting up. He was kind of, uh, I don't know how to say this, like, like energy garbage manning a lot of stuff, which is easier against the Costa Rican team, but he's leading the team in rebounds for a long time, just constantly crashing the glass, flashing in, cutting. Um, stuff we didn't really see Schwartz do because he's more valuable on the perimeter. Um, but if Clifford can do that, I really like how the movement on this team works. It was, it was pretty it was yeah. a totally different feel. I think what we're going to see with uh, Nick Clifford and Quincy Allen is that they both want to do garbagey stuff like that, and I think they want to be like catch-and-shoot three-point shooters. Um, so uh, I think that that works quite well. What? Well, I, I, I think Quincy Allen's much more take him off the dribble. I, I think he wants the ball in his hand when he cuts in. I think Nick, Clif Nick Clifford is doing – number one, also looks way more physically ready but he's doing a lot of stuff that's that, that Parquet also does, which is like he sees the pick and roll coming. And if someone fills in, he just, if someone rotates off of him, mm. instead of staying in that same spot, he moves closer. Tristan De Silva does the same thing. It just makes everything less gummy. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know there is a difference there, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's so hard to take anything real away other than like, here's how they look. I mean, Keyshawn Bartholomew mm -hmm. is a totally different profile at, at lead guard than McKinley was super long, super. I would fast. also add, I would also add that like last year's team was a really 
really good at shooting, like one of the best shooting teams in the country. Like we, we underrated them because they didn't take that many threes. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like good shooters at every position. But this year, yeah, the guards are really struggling in like practice even. And that's pretty bad. Um, but the big men are better shooters than last year. Like Jabari Walker is better than he was probably. He's probably not going to shoot over 50% from three this year. I think that was a little bit unsustainable, but Lawson Lovering, great shooter for his size. Um, yeah, yeah um, and then he looked really skinny. Uh, he's going to need to get bigger. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't have a choice whether or not he plays because they only have three big men on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, how did Tristan look after spending the summer in away? <laughs> I mean, he was the most comfortable with FIBA rules. Um, Hell yeah. That's what they played. That's how they should play. Uh, he, I mean, he looks kind of the same, maybe a little bit bigger, but pretty much the same profile. Um, I don't know. He's going to be that guy. He led the team in scoring, I think, the second to last game. I think he's going to be more involved than people realize, including me. He just, like, so quietly does everything. Um, yeah. He's going to fill in the gaps defensively, I think, more so. And that's going to be leaned on, I think, a bit more with the younger group. Yeah, and he and he can kind of shoot, kind of dribble, kind of pass, um, which is good. He's pretty well rounded that way. Yeah, I, I was really just looking at the guards. Julian Hammond played a lot because Javon Ruffin's also hurt, um, and he looked exactly like I wanted him to. Like I said, Costa Rica, so whatever. But he shoots willingly. His shot is super quick to get off. Um, bigger body, great. He's a great backup guard to have in your arsenal. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, just want to see Ruffin what else we got? What? Oh, Ruffin and Allen. Yes. Yeah, I kind of want to see those two um, and, and see exactly how this full group looks. because That's that's two of the five new freshmen. But um, I think the answer is going to be partially because he has the ball in his hand so much. Everyone's going to be talking about KJ Simpson is uh, the next in this crazy line of lead guards that CU has had for every year minus two. See, you, you, you can see why I turned a little bit purple with like going just going to the practices. He's just he's just fun to watch. He's fun to root for. And I, I'm gonna be a fan of him just generally. Right. Ah I, I just want to skip. I keep saying it every time we do a podcast. I just am so much more excited about basketball <laughs> than I am football. Um, you know, I guess I know like we're gonna go like three and nine. <laughs> We're going to end on this, I think, but I, I have actually kind of, I'm not flipped, but I'm, I'm getting more and more excited for football. So CU's over under as set by Caesars for wins this year is four and a half. Um, four and a half? Yeah. And Easy under. In the schedule preview and predictions, <laughs> I, I took the over. Um, I'm just kidding. Partially because of optimism, but, you know, I feel like this team will be better than last year's team and still probably end up with a losing record because the schedule is disgusting. Um, mm-hmm. to me, the linchpin game, I've said this forever, is that Minnesota game when they come to Boulder. Um, we, I just spent some time talking with the, the guys over at the Minnesota SB Nation site, and you know, we still don't quite know what they're going to look like. Are they going to look like 2019 Minnesota, which was super fun with Rashad Bateman and the quarterback that could slay oh, it? Um, and uh, that team was oh, great, not Patrick Sertain, who was the kid they had, Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, at cornerback. Um, Please. Go ahead. What? Well, 
So, but anyways, <laughs> that, or are they going to look like 2020, which still had a lot of the same pieces, but everything was kind of disjointed. New guys are breaking, breaking in. The defense was not nearly as stout. You know, no one, I don't know quite what to expect. And they don't either is what it sounds like. They're expecting improvement. Like everyone is like we are. Um, but the, the good thing about that is the way the team is set up matches up well with the way that that CU is set up. Um, so on, on offense, they don't do a lot of speed rushes with Mo Ibrahim, who's really good. But, you know, the this middle of our defense, I would say, is probably the strength with, with Lamb and, and Lamb and Barnes and Sammy and uh, Len. Like, that's where you don't want to go. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the whole, the linchpin for the season. If, if CU ends up with this off the, the non-conference being two and one instead of one and two, I think that's um, – a sign of a six win or at least five win season. Um, the other wild card I want to point out is Arizona state might not have a coaching staff that they have right now. Oh, see you place them. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, they're already without three coaches. Antonio Pierce is going to be next. He's a defensive coordinator. He's will likely be suspended as well. And if they, if the NCAA deems it necessary, Herm Edwards will eventually be let go. So that would be a huge wrench to play them without a head coach or any coach. And where are they on the schedule? Are they uh, at Boulder? No, they, they, they were supposed to play at Boulder. Last okay. Year, but they didn't because of COVID. Um, but we did beat them last time in Tempe because Steven Montez went fucking crazy. As did Tony Brown. Hell yeah, Tony Brown. Current uh, on Washington he's, football he's, team. Yeah. Yeah, he's stuck around yeah, in the NFL. Currently in the NFL. Also with Steven Montez on the same team. Yeah. Um, the last two thoughts about this this season is, number one, if the Pac-12 had their current cancellation policy, which is if you are found at fault for the, the COVID outbreak for the game, it is a forfeiture, mm-hmm. not a mutual cancellation. And if they had that last year, CU would have gone undefeated in conference play and won the Pac-12 South. Um, Wait, but they, wouldn't they still have gotten rolled by Utah? Utah? Yes, because of the yeah. injury. But they would have beat ASU due to four. Yeah, and because of USC, uh, Ty Jordan, rest in peace. CU's first win against USC to be a forfeiture win. I would have loved that just for the ultimate salt. Um, that would have been very funny, actually. <laughs> but that would have been um, CU at what? Like seven and one at the end of the season? Which is yeah. like, amazing. <laughs> Um, I have one last question. Okay. Are you actually going to join my fantasy football league? Uh, no. Oh, okay. That's fine. I, I can't do it. Just read two oh, that's, a, that's okay. I have Carlo on, so it's okay. The, la- the last thing I wanted to mention is, unfortunately for us, our friend up north, Scott Frost, is being investigated for NCAA violations of COVID protocol. Um, apparently, he is caught on film by the school, uh, having practice, extra practices during the offseason, which is not allowed. Um, <laughs> it is the most transparent case of new AD trying to find a way to fire the coach without paying the buyout that I've ever seen. It is, that is entirely what this is. Um, so I'm sorry, but I believe we're going to play a new Nebraska coach when we meet again in, in a few short years, which is just too bad. I would have loved that guy to stay there forever. We can still celebrate May 7th at Scott Frost Day. <laughs> Yes, I, I always get a kick out of it, but today it happened again when they had the list of the best 15 wins in the Scott Frost era, and it goes up to 12. I always love those. 
Well, well, Jack. Well, uh, football season's nearly upon us. I, we, we'll probably get another one in that just talks through each schedule preview game right before the season starts. Um, and and keep an eye out for those articles that are coming out by by me and Jack Carlo, because um, that's going to go through everything you need to know about this team. And the occasional article by Anthony Kazmierzak about buffs in the NFL and other things. That's right. I mean, just check the homepage. It'll all be there. Yeah, just check the homepage, valfreyreport.com. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm done. All right, I'm done. See you, Jack. Buffs! 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 Buffs!